podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap, the Anfield Wrap in the gap, the gap between the first two games, between the start of Christmas really, which is the 23rd against Arsenal, and then the second game right the way through, which is the game against Swansea City. I am Neil Atkinson. Later on in the show, I will be joined by Guito Cluellen. Gita will be in uh, to have a little chat to us about what Swansea are up to so we can look ahead to that game in a bit of a preview format here but before then we have to look back at Arsenal 3, Liverpool 3, Steve Graves, Stu Wright and John Gibbons all with me and it seems a bit simplistic to say it John but if it wasn't for five minutes it would probably be a very very good game to look back on uh, as it is it's uh, it's a it's a painful outcome really it's, it's a hell of a way to to, to, to score three goals uh, not get beat at a rival's ground and still feel pretty downbeat about the outcome yeah it's frustrating I mean I was going into it confident and I think a lot of Liverpool fans were I've heard a few people say oh well you took a point before the game but but I don't think we could have really not because because of how things have gone recently and because of you know all this talk of how we've rotated so we're fresher than everyone else going into Christmas and, and people were kind of excited to see that and also the fact that that Arsenal are, are suited to how we play you know certain teams make it difficult for us and certain teams like Bournemouth last week you know Arsenal are better than Bournemouth but still teams are, are set up to, to the way we play and I know most Arsenal fans were really worried about this game and then the game starts and we just look head and shoulders above them and it's even better than, than you kind of thought it would be if you like it you think well yeah this is perfectly set up for us so to somehow to, to drop points from that position when they're 2-0 up it's just, it's just really frustrating as you say it's only five or so minutes but how we get ourselves into the situations where something bad happens and, and everyone's head falls off just just needs resolving somehow and if these lads can't do it then we'll have to bring in other lads who can it's true it is the sort of game it's the sort of game where you, you all your patience that you've got you might have not have had none already but all your patience that you've got with with a couple of players does disappear it's interesting that for instance it's a real credit in the bank one for me so Gomez for the first, I think he's pretty dreadful, but we love Joe Gomez at the minute, so he's all right. And we, we managed to sort of say that, and also he's a young lad and he's got, he, he can progress right the way through, uh, through from there. The third, I'm not entirely convinced yet by Andy Robertson and therefore I'm a little bit frustrated with him. Emre Chan knocks off and I can be very frustrated with Emre Chan. Again, Gomez isn't great and the keeper's an absolute mess. No one's got very much patience with the keeper at the best of times. A lot of people have got no patience with him whatsoever. So for the second and third, he gets absolutely crucified. But for me, before we get on to those individual parts, I'm sort of what John says about, you know, it's five minutes there and there's 11 of them on the pitch and... I don't think anyone's doing the right thing particularly well. It might be that one or two of the lads who are playing centre forwards can shrug the shoulders a little bit, but there's four of the midf- four of the players playing as midfielders on the pitch. There's four players playing as defenders on the pitch. There's one player playing as a goalkeeper on the pitch, and they all arguably should be doing a lot more just to say, lads, can we just take the sting out of this for a minute or two? Just, just someone go down. Just someone go down with with a with a false injury and just kill just kill two or three minutes. We've seen this far too many times that you know Liverpool. Liverpool We've been on a run recently where we've hardly conceded any goals, and I think I think what what, what Gary Neville was saying on the, on the on the TV the other night was right is that these players can fool you, these defenders actually can fool you because they, they are more than capable of going on runs against mediocre teams. But it's it, we've seen it too many times that when they are stressed, when they are tested, when they go a goal, when they can see the goal against a big team, and there's there's a Momentum's against them for a the moment. They can't get a grip of it. We've seen too many times that that the heads do fall off, and uh, um, 
no one's no one's applying any common sense to midfield. They're desperate for someone with a, someone with a wise head and there, a, a DDM man. DDM man would have gone down. He'd he'd have he'd have he'd have lent into someone and gone down and killed a couple of minutes and had a word with people and pulled the socks up and tied his tied his shoelaces and just this kind of thing where you're just trying to slow the game down because it's it's Arsenal just had clear momentum. Football is so much about momentum. I know Klopp said it wasn't um, in a broader picture uh, last week. But I think he was talking game by game. Yeah, I like to think he's very conscious but of it within with, games. Within a game, you know, it, it's so much in the head. It's so much confidence based. The crowd are with Arsenal. We, we'd given them a glimmer of hope by conceding that first goal, and then. I mean, listen. We've been on. We've been on the other side of it. You know, we've had we've had a ten minute spell against Milan. You know, with in what seems like <laughs> too long ago now, where we've turned around a three nil uh, deficit, and I just think <sighs> the plays that we've got. If this was a one off, if this was a one off, then you know we're away from home at the Emirates. You can, you can. You can you can say okay, you know these things can happen, but we've seen it at City, we've seen it at Spurs, we've seen it at Seville, we've seen it. God knows how many times in the seasons gone by, and it's just it's tiresome now. It's just tiresome, uh, and it's such a shame because that you know we were playing so well and there's so much potential within this team, but the, one of the biggest Achilles Achilles heels that they've got is how do they respond in adversity? How do they respond against the tidal wave of momentum? And I just I, I don't think the answer is there within the current squad selection. Um, Steve, the it is the fact that it's happened before. In that, you know, it's great. Stu's reference Milan 05, and I think it's a really, I think it's pertinent in the sense of it's not like you're looking at that side, that Milanese side in 2005, and saying they lack experience and they lack leaders mm-hmm. from front to back, from one to eleven. You know, these these are these are absolute unreal professionals who had unbelievable careers, and yet they got swept up, they got lost, and they struggled with it. The issue for us is that it's not the first time. Is that it's happening in mundane games, for instance, the derby where it's, we're only one nil ahead. But also, it's happened at Seville this season. There's a couple of instances where you know it just seems to me like this football team so much almost lives on in-game momentum. Mm-hmm. It doesn't understand how to how to halt it when the opposition have got it. It's like we go, oh well, this is how the game's played all the time. Yeah, it it makes it sort of makes more sense in a game against a side like Arsenal, who who can hurt you in that way, and you know, in, in the, the quality of the players they've got. If they do switch on, they can hurt you. Know, but you know, you think of Bournemouth last season. Yeah, you, you, it's not always good teams that can do this to us. You know, some some bad, some pretty average ones can as well. Um, there was a Jack Pitt Brooks match report for the Independence, really, really good one. It and is he talks about um, Liverpool. Uh, you know, are maybe maybe have a case that they are the second or, or you know up there as the first best team in this league, but then they're the fourth most serious. And he was talking about you know the, the, the three teams above us are packed with more serious footballers and I think there's, there's some truth in that and you know you, you talk about Emre Can knocking off I think Emre Can is, is a, a real it's unfair on him but in, in, in some ways he can sort of symbolises some of that to me that he's a footballer who, who seems to be constantly playing his own game and at the mercy of his own form and mood and how he feels and his momentum so you see him knock off in, in, in for the third goal and he, you know he's not as culpable as a goalkeeper who's, who's absolutely dreadful um, but it it's that that kind of thing it runs through too many of the players in the team which is what makes us fourth essentially and we're, you know, and we're fourth and, and probably you know you, you would you would bank on us being pretty in a decent position to finish fourth this season that's what being fourth looks like it you have you have big big holes in your team the the problem is that you've got possibly the best forward line in in, in the league you've got the most thrilling style when you when you play at your best which makes it feel Wasteful. It feels just quite sad, really, that you can't 
we can't quite go that extra that extra mile and just close these games out and be on the heels of City, although to be on the heels of City, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's been a team in the league that could ever have done that. So that's that's the, the wider context. The wider, in a normal season, Liverpool are sort of seven points off the top because we're seven points off United at the minute, um, and we're probably looking at results like this. Well, you, in in some ways, more you know, you're more it's more agonising because you'd be you know losing points in the title race, but you're also putting it in a, in a context of we're twelve unbeaten and we look we look handily placed, whereas City do distort things. But yeah, it's. It's a problem, and I don't. Yeah, I think there, there are some key personnel changes that are the only way that I can I can see how you you change it. This got to be. I mean, I I don't know if this stat is true, but I heard on the telly the other night. I heard that uh, Liverpool have now dropped more points from winning positions than any other team in Europe. Any other team in Europe. Now, there's two there's two sides to that. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we've got into winning positions, and yeah. I think that Steve's just said how good our front line it is. It, it is it is incredible. Um, I, I struggle to think of of one as good within my lifetime, and my lifetime does stretch back to the seventies. It is it is that good. The difference between a a team like the eighty eight team is they won stuff, and you know, I think it, before we'll be able to talk about our front line to the same extent. They need to, they'll, they'll need to actually win stuff, but a stat like that to, to have conceded the most points from a winning position of all the teams in Europe since that's got, Klopp took over since Klopp it? took over. No, I think it's this season, yeah, well, or is it is, I've seen since, since Klopp's Klopp's took, took over? over yeah. <laughs> and I'm all for the loyalty that he's got for the players. I think it's a, it's. I think it's admirable, but there has to come a point where you've got to be ruthless. And I do believe our manager is capable. He's shown he's, he has the capacity to be ruthless. He's shown he, he, he does that with have that within him. Now's the time, I think, to to be making decisions, even if it's not demonstrated on the team sheet yet, because the window's not open, or we have to wait until a small window to make our, our, our big moves. But in his head, he's he's got to start making ruth, ruthless decisions now about how he takes this for this team forward into. What will it be? His fourth season next year. Yeah. So I, I think it, because there's players there that they've had a long time now. I mean, the goalkeeper. All right, to talk about the goalkeeper Neil. Yeah. It's five years. It's five years. I remember year one thinking, I, I, I can't see this being a long term Liverpool goalkeeper. It's had five years, and it's it's almost reached the point where I, I mean I quite like the fella. I think he, you know he seems like a nice guy. You know I feel sorry for him at times, but. But he's had, now he's had a five-year Liverpool career. I, I'm, I'm really not feeling sorry for him anymore. I'd love a five-year Liverpool career. Um, he's had five years as a Liverpool goalkeeper, and that's just mad. When you think of the Liverpool goalkeepers that we've had for that length of time, I, I, I just don't understand it. Um, and I, I, I don't. I just. I don't think you've, you've seen the way the crowd have reacted recently to Carius unfairly. Um, you, you know, he, he had even picked the ball up, and the crowd were on his back before he could throw it out um, against West Brom and. But I think that's that's a reaction to five years of Mignolet. I think that's a reaction. I think it's because Carius is crap. Well, I, 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 listen, I agree with you there. I agree with you. But I also think it's because Carius is crap on top of five years of Mignolet. And I think people are just now so pissed off. I think street people are so at the end of the tether with this goalkeeper situation, not having certainty around it. Not just in terms of who we who's in goal, but also. That the certainty about that person, the certainty about the decisions that they're going to make and the and the, the things that they're going to do. Um, that the goalies conceded there, the first one, though the, the Jacker one, second one wasn't it? The, the, the Jacker one, I've seen him do that before. I've seen him go with one hand in his first season. We, we, we were away to Man City, and um, who was the, the the Spanish striker they had? 
Um, Negredo, the, yeah. Negredo. It's a goal similar to the one asked to, to yeah. the third Arsenal goal, to our third goal, isn't it? The, the one at City. Yeah, yeah it is, yeah. The one it spoons up but, off his hands, yeah. But I've, so I've seen him do that before, and that's just that's what one that springs to mind. But the reason I'm I'm going that far back is I'm trying to like bookend it. I'm thinking I'm not seeing five years worth of improvements in this lad. He is not a kid. Joe Gomez was mentioned before. He is a kid, and actually he's grew up as a centre half. He's playing right back. There's a lot you can forgive there, an absolute lot you can forgive. However, if he's doing the same thing in five years consistently, then we're probably having a different conversation. So it's just I think we've just reached the point now where. Please God, for the for the manager's sake, actually, because we love the manager, we we want him to make the right decisions here. And the the the, the one thing I'm worried about with him is that his loyalty will eventually be used against him, and I really hope that's not the, not going to be the case. Yeah, it's it's a bad night for me, Lee, because they're not you can the, the the mistakes born out of poor technique, and that's what annoys me about about both of them is that, and it was the same as the the, the carrier's one that he concedes out in. Um, Moscow. Moscow is that it's not it's not a goalkeeper letting one in under him when he's done everything right and it's just one of them it's not it's not got a bad bobble it's it's just it's just poor technique and that and the second goal as you say um, the first mistake you, you just go with two hands yeah it's swerving all over the place it's a it's a it's a bad it's a bad one to get but but that all the more reason just to get two arms at it and double your chances of getting something decent on it and that's just really annoying and and I don't know what he's doing. The third the third goal is it's just awful and I don't know what he's doing and I don't feel like enough people are talking about it in that why why has he done that? It's positional sense. He was he's he's panicked because he's in the wrong place. His feet are yeah. wrong and then he's diving early because he's kind of covered in the post. It's just just yeah. he just needs to stand to stand up. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a half stand yeah. and, and that's that's one of his big skills. He's quite big in that. Yeah. And, you know, he can do that. Yeah, um, it's just it's, it's just, just it's just very frustrating and you feel like Sorry, Steve. Go on. Oh no, the, the, the third is a, is a worse mistake um, because it's just it's just a, it's a decision. It's a terrible decision. Um, but I think the second is has more impact because the second the second makes their first goal into something. Whereas yeah. when they score that goal, you're thinking, all right, we'll get back on. You know, that, it's it's annoying not to get the clean sheet, but we're so superior here. Yeah. We just shrug this off. We just and do then, what we did at West Ham, and, and, and then sort of out of nothing, they get a second. Whereas then the third is a product of the, the other two because it just feels inevitable almost then when when sides got momentum like that. So I think the second, yeah, I mean, God, when you're having to choose between which of them two is the, is the worst mistake, it's it's not not a great position to be in, is it? But definitely, I think the third is just inexplicable, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up for the manager a little bit in terms of the, the stuff that Stu was talking about before because I think I don't I have no idea if this stat is real or not. It's, it looks to me like one that someone's. That everyone's just decided it's true, but no one's really looked into. <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't seen who's done the maths. You know what I mean? Everyone's, everyone's just sharing it now, like it's true. But even if it is, I feel like, as you said, there we're really good at going one up. And like you know, if if you could send every team to to Barcelona tomorrow and in in England and say who's who who do you back to go one nil up? I'd say Liverpool. I wouldn't necessarily back us to win, win the game ahead yeah. of everyone. I'd back Man City to to win the game, but I'd I'd say we've got more chance to go one nil up if that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. Yeah, and so. And so you you're saying as you say as Steve said before you you're back in the style of play and you're saying well this is how we do and so there's going to be kind of pros and cons to it and and the Didi Haman point he's struggling this team you know 
you've DD I like so, so just you, his head on one of their shoulders and, but, you, but you can't you can't build this <laughs> kind composite. of Uber footballer you know what I mean it's like you you, you can't kind of do that I think a DD like I don't know he'd be he'd have, to, he'd have to run more for a start and in terms of the how, the, the, the football that got us to 2-0 up at 50 minutes DD and Liverpool teams weren't doing that they'd have gone there and gone a 0-0 and everyone would have said oh that's boss that, that, that's professional because 0-0 is better than 3-3 in, in football fans heads and maybe with a nicked one and maybe and that's and that's great because this Arsenal team that good but they could have nicked it they could have nicked it a free all and so you know it's 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 one of those really where I mean I've, maybe I've just got a cop on with Didi at the moment because he's a bit of a weirdo on Twitter but like I just I just think you can you can sort of try and take the best of every style of football and although Man City are having a good go at the moment generally speaking that's impossible so I think we need to kind of embrace what this football team's about and just kind of find ways to to fine tune it or improve it or to just take the edge off a little bit and I think a massive part of that is the, is the goalkeeper I thought the centre-halves were really really good against Arsenal I felt really sorry for them I thought they both had really good games they just got let down by the, the, the full-backs and the keeper at, at key moments and so you feel for them but but he is trying to get a centre-half and there's more talk of the of uh, last couple of days that there's been progress on Van Dijk which will be brilliant because I think he'll suit us really well he's trying to get a midfielder in he's he's got Keita coming next summer he couldn't get him as quick as he wanted but but he's he, he looks perfect for this Liverpool side and he's bought a keeper but he just turns out he's worse than Miguelay and so and which is you know he's got to take some responsibility for but generally speaking the transfer record under him and under uh, this committee has been pretty good and for the for, you know in terms of quality of, of what they've got if you forget about what they haven't for a second so yeah, so I think you've you've <laughs> you've got to be careful in that. I don't want to be like baby out with the bathwater with this team. I don't want to be like, oh, let's get you know, let's go back to shape and 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 you know and 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 make make us tough to beat and, and build mm. from there. You can't do that, really. You're almost saying, well, well, let's get you know a new manager in. And I think this one needs a bit more. And and I think if we're going to all agree that, which I think in the room everyone would, then it's sort of I don't know. It's all about get just get a bit more quality in key positions and kind of fine-tuning what we're all about rather than, I don't know, trying to suddenly get a DHM. No, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think anyone wants to, to change the style of play. It's, 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 it's electric. I mean, what we'd, I would like to see a little bit more nows. But as you say, you know, you can't build these well, composite footballs. But again, I, thought, I mean, I think John, John's point, again, when we talk about, oh, why not go down for... I suppose it's built into this side that when they go one nil down, yeah. so then they lose one goal. They're then going to try and score a third rather yeah. than rather than oh let's take time out of the game and, and, and try and squeeze works. it out at two yeah. one and sometimes well and, and, probably and, more often than not. And this is where I also feel feel a little bit sorry for this Liverpool team is that everyone the, the big five minutes is always retrospective so mm. it's always like that's the five minutes where we should have done that and a lot of people have and, and to be fair James Milner's done it so he's so he's you know he's better than his own his own team there but I always think. You know that people always look back and go, "Oh, that's the that's the five minutes where it went wrong. That's the five minutes where we should have had something quiet." Whereas if they'd have been watching, when we do that at Anfield, everyone goes mad. When it's happening in front of them, everyone's like, "Why are you sitting back?" Mm. And I know they're not necessarily completely the same, but it's but but it's not it's not going for it. So like the Chelsea game, we we draw one all, and it's a free goal, and everyone has a go with them, including me, by the way. But if we'd have if we'd have got, kept kept attacking, kept attacking, kept attacking, and we'd have we'd have got done on the break, everyone's like, well, it's naive, na- naive from them again, and so you basically get judged on what happens rather than kind of 
rather than what people would want you to do at that time. I think everyone who's watching that game, when we go 2-0, are going, this is 4-5 to five for Liverpool here. Yeah. That's what every Liverpool fan is thinking. And then after after the game, everyone's going, why don't we have a quiet five? Why don't we have a quiet five? And it's so I, I do feel, I feel like it's always this idea of you know, you know tactics what is always based on what you what you what what happens rather than what you'd have actually done. But you know what, 3-2 watching that, John? Yeah. Were you not thinking, we're getting beat here? Because I, th- I, I, sorry, yeah, I, I, no, hang on, what's what's what score? What, no, not a three-two. At two all, it's going to be all. At two all, I'm thinking they're going to score. It's it was really obvious the momentum was with them and that they were going to score. And actually, I was sitting there thinking they might score another couple here. The momentum is so has shifted so much now. The crowd is with them. They are absolutely going for it, and our heads have gone. We we can't string a pass together, and. At that point, I'm thinking this could this could now be quite embarrassing. Now, it doesn't turn out that way. Mm. They get they do get the third, but then we managed to get score a third as well. But there was it wasn't like there was a window of about two minutes mm. here. They scored their goals in about five minutes. Yeah, but there was a period where even after they'd scored their third. They were still piling forward, and we were still all over the shop. Yeah, no, no. Look, and we, could, we could deal much better, Stu. We could deal much better, Stu, with with people coming at us. And I agree with that. And I said that at the top of the show that you know we, we need to learn to deal with that adversity. So, so they get they get a goal, and um, we need to. We need to we need to learn how to deal with the better heads go. You looked at Miguel; like they went on a close up on Miguel after the third goal. He looked like he, he looked like he just his head had just completely. But, but, but this is it. And, and when you say, "Well, we need to deal with it better," and that's all I'm saying. Yeah. How well, you know? I, I'm I, what I'm suggesting is just try and kill a game a bit. Yeah. Just try and take a little bit of sting, take a bit of you know, away from home. Try and yeah. take a little bit of time out the game. Also, it helps I think if you get a keep, if we try to get a keeper who actually wins us points rather than costs us yeah. points yeah. as well. Yeah. But but I think but you know more broadly away from the keeper issue, we have seen this happen before, and it actually it has been commented. I remember when when uh, when we got Klopp from Dortmund, and there was a Dortmund fan on this show who said that every now and you know it's it's fantastic, it's rock and roll football, blah 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 blah. However, every now and again. The wheels do come off in a big ga- in a game in a big way. That that does happen, yeah. and, and and I think we've seen that. I think we've seen that with within the style of play. And, and to be honest, I accept that. I'm all right with that. I'm okay with it because if we, as long as we can generate enough points along the way to keep us competitive, then you know it's it's massive progress. But I just I still think I wouldn't be a fan if I'm not sat here looking at that going. There's five minutes there where uh, 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 p- p- people's heads have exploded. What's yeah. going on? And we've seen it before. We've seen it where the people look. We can see the goal and they look shell shocked. And we we look vulnerable to concede two, three more. You know, in, within that within that little period of time. And I think that's what we saw the other night. And it's you're you're absolutely right. And what you say is we need to do something better about that. We need to handle that better. Milner's comment. Milner's comments are that interesting, actually, uh, Steve. There are times in the game when you've got to tighten up and not make those mistakes for five minutes. All the goals were our fault, really, and that's something we have to learn from. We play such good football going forward, and maybe we need to switch that off for five or ten minutes. We need to play it a bit tighter and keep the ball a bit longer, rather than trying to break out all the time. Now, I did the review yesterday with uh, with with Paul Cope, Sean Rogers, and Paul Johnson. It's on tour player. It's really good, and, and and Paul Cope cited those comments and went, "Yes, James, you were the captain and you were on the pitch." Uh, which is 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 you know is is a point worth making uh, to some degree in that you know it does seem as though when you're talking there when when Stu's saying he wants Diddy Man's head on someone's shoulders there the best person the most likely person for it to actually be is Milner and Milner's mm. come out after the game and basically said yeah this is the sort of stuff that we need to do more of but 
you know, this is the this is the it's it's the nuts and bolts of football, really, isn't it? Just just spend five minutes doing what your opponent doesn't want you to do. And if that is if that's two one and the crowds up take all the sting out of it, if that's two two and the goalkeeper's just made a horrendous mistake, maybe it's that. Maybe there's nothing wrong with kicking for touch for a while. Maybe, but I think what your opponent doesn't want you to do is get it forward quite quickly to Firmino and, and get Salah running at them again. And I think that's Liverpool's entire raison d'etre really is is to, is to get players is to get the ball to those players. Good point. Um, and you know, John John talked about the way that say Haman wouldn't fit into this side because I don't think he'd get the ball forward quickly enough. Um, I think you know people talk about Carragher. Hippier, all these sort of great leader type figures that we've had in the past, who were much more comfortable doing exactly what you said. You know, playing the ball into touch. I think you played the ball into touch, you know, consistently in this side, and, and Salah's just turning around and looking at you like I'm the I'm the best I'm the best forward in this league. Why are you not just getting the ball to me? Um, so that it, it, it's difficult, and you know, she's right. Arsenal coming at us and coming at us, but we've we've said at the start of the show that that's what we want really is teams to open up and come at us, and then it does turn out that we do get the, we do get the third goal. What, what's interesting is the way that the manager after that takes the point. I think I think both managers both to, did, yeah. to a certain extent take that point because because it's a, it, overall it's a solid enough point for for both sides. It keeps Liverpool firmly in, in fourth place. It keeps Arsenal in the hunt to to get back into like those Champions League places. So. You ultimately, sort of mad rationalism, sort of uber rationalism, comes in at the end of, of this kind of crazy game. Um, so yeah, it's really hard because I completely agree. You always do what what your opponent doesn't want you to do, um, but it is hard to know what that is sometimes because it could be killing the game and stopping them playing, or it could be putting the fear of God into them by turning turning back round and. And, and showing them why you're better than them. On that, Steve, though, I mean, just in this, in terms of this side and understanding this side, and, and, and it's worth pointing this out in the context of whenever you're having a conversation around the manager and how he sets them up. You know, we we basically finished fourth last season by in the running, playing pretty ugly football at mm. times. We set up in a, in a specific way. The midfield is not progressive. It is more Didier man. It doesn't mm. do much in a lot of games. A lot of games, Terminator Channel Lucas just no, Lucas, yeah, just sitting there, just yeah. absolutely sitting there, yeah. and, and looking to make life difficult for the opposition in terms of them building anything. We have that awful nil nil at home to Southampton where we don't create very much, but we we very much do not leave ourselves open at the back. Mm. We take a point at home that day. Mm. I think it's fair to say. The point about this is, is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know whose point I'm supporting. I'm not even trying to support anyone's <laughs> point. What I'm trying to say is this: Liverpool side can do that stuff. Like yeah, you've seen it. Do it. See- a, I'm saying it's a choice. I'm saying there's choices <clears throat> going on here, and that's what we're watching. The 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 the, the, the outcome of choices when when certain other other external factors come into play. And the manager will bridle a little bit. I think at times um, in in interviews and press conferences, you've seen similarly with with Brendan Rodgers after games where sides have done something like this to to either of their Liverpool sides and go, well, I can do this. I could set up like that. It's not these people aren't geniuses. Sam Allardyce isn't a genius for the way he came and set up Everton at, at Anfield. You, you, you sort of stuff you learn in, in your first, you know, your first term as of, of any kind of coaching course or whatever. You can set a team up like that. We've played in teams like that because you know the, the level of football that, that, for example, Jurgen Klopp played. He was a decent player, but not a great one. He would have played in insides that will have had to do that kind of performance. It's not that he doesn't understand it or he can't do it. It's that. It doesn't. It's not what he wants. It's not going to be the style of football that's going to take Liverpool to the very top. This is a style of football that could, and that's what he's got to try and build. And, and if he's not going to be able to do that, and if he's hamstrung by some of the players and decisions he makes, that's going to be. That's also his responsibility. But this is his blueprint. I walked away wondering whether or not we were still witnessing some degree of birth pains, Stu. So at the minute, we've got a team that's going to win the league. Looks like going to win the league. Score. It's already scored 100 goals this season. By the way, we've already scored 71. It's not Christmas. 
but a team that's gonna that's gonna that scored a hundred goals. Uh, this sorry, this calendar year they've scored a hundred goals. Um, we, as I say, we've scored seventy-one so far this campaign. Alone. We scored seventy-one goals. We scored seventy-one goals. I'm just going to double-check that for you now because uh, it's a Rafi Goldman. That's in stats. all competitions. All competitions. Yeah, yeah, no, but <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'll just I'll just run through that now. But that's a Rafi Goldman stat. I completely believe it. I mean, Salah's yeah. got about sixty. Yeah, <laughs> that does. That I'll just double-check it. But Stuart, my point is, are we still witnessing something where he thinks? This season, City have done what City have done. He doesn't know that, but he might have been able to guess to a certain extent that he might well be thinking to himself that the only way I do what I think I need to do is to bring it to the boil like this. And it might take a little bit longer and there might be some absolute shit shows in there at times, but I want them to be able to play like this. And then as they're playing like this, I get to watch and go, he's not good enough. He's gonna have to, he's not going to be able to sustain there. I'm going to have to have a little look at him. And that we want, because we're rightly living football matches day in, day out. I just want Liverpool to be by far the greatest team the world has ever seen tomorrow, please. Can we just sort that out? Whereas he may well have, have, have concluded, there's things I'm going to need to do. I need to establish us as a proper top four side regularly. I need to do X. I need to then look at this. We've got to set up this way, get these lads used to playing like this. My worry with all this is you do this and the horse bolts while you're, whilst, whilst you're working through all this because Salah gets to the end of the season and says, you know what, I can now go and play for Real Madrid and I quite like to see in a bit. Coutinho gets off. But I just sort of wonder if that's that's his blueprint that's what's in his mind that's his thought process and we end up having to pull up with games of football like this every now and again because that's that that's this Liverpool manager's path towards the promised land it, it, it could well be that that developmental approach that incremental approach but the problem with that as you've said there is you know you can you can meet some pretty high hurdles along the way along the lines of actually what led to Arsenal's demise in the mid two thousands, because it was it, it it was turning into forever a project after the Invincibles, and Wenger was you know totally invested in these young players. And but what was happening was that every year without a trophy, the best players were leaving. So Henri, Van Persie, Fabregas. Every year people will you know they were leaving, um, and then it just became a cycle of it, seventy it, goals, not seventy one. Go on. <laughs> it became a cycle of um, <laughs> of it was never going to happen, but simply because of a byproduct of of the process that they, 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 they embarked upon, like so. I think, yes, I think there is an element of that. He can't he can't do it all in 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 one summer. Uh, but he's but there's also an argument saying that he's into his third year, um, and there's been huge progress. And I'm I absolutely adore the manager. And I wouldn't want to trade him for anyone. I absolutely love the guy. I want to be very very clear on that on what I'm about to say. Um, and the, the 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 record of of forward thinking players that he's bought is phenomenal. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. And what he's got the extra that he's got out of our players has been phenomenal as well. But he, I, I just don't I just don't buy that. Three years in, that he's looking at certain defenders or he's looking at a goalkeeper and thinking. Well, I need to see. I need to see a bit more before I make my mind up. Well, it might I be that he's, that he's gone. Well, I, I can't get the one I want, so I'm just. And maybe stick with so. This. Maybe so. And and maybe the frustration for Liverpool fans is that that we've not. Maybe Liverpool are conducting their business. It, this would seem strange, but um, but maybe Liverpool are conducting their business and making inquiries very, very discreetly. It doesn't seem like that's possible under the last few years because you know Liverpool only needs to sneeze and everyone knows about it. But. Um, Maybe we have made these inquiries about goalkeepers. Maybe we have made inquiries about other centre-halves other than Van Dijk. I don't know. But I suppose until it becomes really obvious and until we actually we get someone through the door who is an upgrade, um, then 
that I think there's going to be criticism, and, and I also don't think it helps as well that when people look at you know what City are doing is, un- is unreal. But there's also an element of what City did around their goal. He was Guardiola's come in. He's look, had a look at heart, bombed him, got a lad in who he knew from Barcelona. And then no sentiment there. He's had to look at him and gone, you're not good enough either. And got another third lad in. And he's a game changer. He's 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 so far he's been absolutely unreal in this league. Um and I think he's not on he's not on about Guardiola with the goalkeeper. And I think that as I say, maybe maybe I'm just frustrated. Maybe this is a personal thing. Maybe me after five years of looking at Mignolet's face when his head fell off again, and maybe I just can't cope with it anymore. Maybe that's it. And that's not Jurgen Klopp's fault. I mean, a couple, well, thing, yeah. Sorry, Steve, a couple of things on on the, the project thing. You know, Neil, the, the, the whole the, the subject we're talking about here is how hard it is to be a football manager, and it is it is incredibly hard because if you're trying to build that project, if you're looking the next couple of years. Probably Liverpool's number one scouting requirement is to keep finding fast forwards who can play in wide areas and score goals from those areas because fundamentally that's what we're going to we're going to continue to need. I mean, I'd argue I'd, I'd quite like another one at the minute. Um, never mind if Salah or, or Mane's heads you know heads are turned and then they end up leaving the club. Um, I suppose that the goalkeepers it's interesting because it is probably the one obvious thing you could upgrade without necessarily damaging the project or the system or yeah. changing the way you'd play I think the problem with it being the obvious when you could upgrade is the upgrade isn't obvious and the player, the players the goalkeepers are out there I'm just, I'm just not sure who is available who is going to be an absolutely definite improvement on what is a top 6 7 goalkeeper to, to a top 4 or ideally top 1 goalkeeper Just that's, that's the, the step we're looking to make and people say while things like, you know, he, he wouldn't get a game in the championship. Cl- clearly, mm. that's not the level he's at. Mm. He's at the level of a side that finishes sixth or seventh, and things like losing those two points aren't hugely detrimental. And he probably saves you more points because you can see more shots and, you, and you know, he can, he, can, he can save some things. Um, so you, you're looking to find that goalkeeper with that elite mentality who can perform at that incredibly high level, who can concentrate for 90 minutes when he's not have got, hasn't got anything to do. It's, it's really, really hard, and it's still probably not the number one priority that should be on Liverpool's list because I think it still should be finding players who fit that system going forward who are going to be the next one because otherwise I'm not that fussed about having a great goalkeeper but we've got like Solanke and, and Storage left up front next season or something you know it's, it's a really hard one to, to square yeah, we, watching us this season reminds me a lot of watching Man City last season when that you'd, you'd watch games and you'd think how on earth have they not won that mm. yeah, the, the Chelsea one um, springs to mind where they absolutely battered them and they've got one-on-ones and then they, um, they somehow get beat 2-1 and I think it's because Chelsea obviously went on a real roll there and everyone said oh well you know, Chelsea are the, are the more professional side and City are, are, you know, are the ones who are a bit more flamboyant but I think they, they've obviously really kicked on this, this season from, from what they were trying to do last season um, and so that, that kind of gives me hope really the problems that we've got is that Obviously, Man City spends a huge amount of money in the summer to solve the problems that they do, that they had, and that doesn't worry me a huge amount. It worries me a bit, but it doesn't worry me a huge amount because I don't think our problems are, are quite as drastic as what Man City's were. Man City had a really, really aging squad, and they didn't have any fullbacks at all. And our squad's young, and it's and it's and I think I don't think we need to, we need to spend as much as Man City did in the summer. Is what I'm saying to to to, to sort out our issues. What what does concern me? is that 
the, the problem that Man City don't have is keeping hold of lads. There was no talk whatsoever that you know that Sterling had leave, that De Bruyne had leave, that anything, anything like that. Um, you know, even even Aguero felt mm-hmm. very much up to them. Uh, whereas for us, I think we'd all be shocked if if Coutinho, who is is still here after the summer, and then. I presume people are having a look at what Mo Salah is doing as well because it'd be ridiculous if they weren't. And I think I think we'll get at least another year out of Mo Salah. But then, are, are we always going to be in the situation where you, you, you you're trying to build, but you but you lose and, and a huge part of what you are, and 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 that's that's what makes it worrying. Really, is that you know we can. As Steve says, you could go out and, and spend eighty million pound on on the lad from Atletico Madrid and think, yeah, we've done brilliant there. But but suddenly you're having to 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 fill a hole in your forward line as well. And and if you're taking twenty goals out the team or whatever and finding it hard to replace them, then I mean you can have as good a goalkeeper as you want, but it's it's going to be hard. And so that that's what kind of concerns me really is that I can see progression, but I can also see. Problems in the future that are gonna that are gonna they're gonna kind of set us back really. So you're worrying about being always kind of nearly man, and maybe maybe this season will be seen as a bit more of a as a missed opportunity than 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 Man City's was last season because they're able to say okay, well we'll just sort it out and we'll just go again. Whereas for us, it feels like every every four or five years Liverpool get a year where you can go that's that that's I could do something really special, and you can't. You can't just hang on till till the next yeah. year because we've never had that next year. But I mean, we, we 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 were saying a bit of that last year, John, that this side could do something really special in terms of certainly in the first half of the season the way it would attack yeah, where true, it was yeah. where it was at Christmas Eve. The other thing I'd say as well on that, and but this is one this underlines one of my frustrations about this result is. Man City are currently played 19-1, 18-1. 18-1. So we could be doing something really special at the minute, be two points clear of Man United and still be 11 points behind Man City. Yeah. So we could right now... I mean, we've, we've lost the second fewest games in the division anyway, but let's say we convert a few of those draws and we're now, we, we've got nine more points on the ball, but we're still 11 behind Man City and we're, we're the ones who, are, who, who've got what looks like the saddest second place imaginable yeah. where you could, you know, you could go right the way through the season, get 88 points this season and finish 12 points off the pace. Yeah. That's possible. What I would say, what frustrates me about that result really frustrates me as someone who you know we've all in this room I'm sure everyone's probably listened to me not talk talk about the the, the that you, you can put too much primacy in the domestic cups and stuff like that what really does my head in is a win against Arsenal and a, a good Christmas period full stop and you could be in a situation come the end of January where you're in the fourth or fifth round of the FA Cup and you've got eight points on fifth place yeah. and then what that does mean is the idea of this side doing something really special what you can then be doing is rotating and resting in league games and, and still possibly getting results against sides like Southampton we play Southampton now at R4 on the Sunday uh, it's been moved for telly we're R4 on the Sunday and then we're Porto quarter to eight and that's now going to be difficult for the manager because he's almost certainly going to need to get a result at Southampton and obviously he's going to want to have the best possible chance of winning the Champions League and that's what, frustrate, what frustrates me is I'm not going to say we would have just put Arsenal to bed if we'd have won but we, we, we'd be sitting here right now and we'd be five points clear of them we'll have played, played them and beat them home and away we'll have shown our golfing class we'll have demoralised them and we'd also be a point closer to Chelsea uh, two, sorry two points closer to Chelsea on, on United's tails do you know what I mean and then what you can do is you can say well Sam it is the quarter final of the FA Cup yeah I've got a bit of a tough league game but sod that we'll make five changes for that and I'll play my first choice team because I want to win the FA Cup in a Benitez ten years ago 0506 style where you can begin to focus on let's get some silverware in the cabinet boys because we've got to finish top four we've got to yeah we have or the thing kind of falls apart really and that's what 
I'm looking at this Everton Cup game now and thinking he's probably making eight, nine changes, which is a real shame for those of us who want to win the FA Cup, but it's a real shame for those of us who want to batter Everton 6 0. But it's. I'm, I'm very much in camp two. I've also got a foot in camp one, but I'm very in camp two. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well I'm, a, I'm a little bit in both camps as always, but. Um... Yeah, it's it's it, and that and, that's, and that is a frustrating one. And I don't know what you're saying there, but you're completely right with your last sentence. Is that we've got to finish top four, and that's an annoying sentence for someone who wants to be kind of romantic about football, really. But I mean, the whole thing kind of falls apart. I think for for Jurgen in terms of his player recruitment, if he's if he's not able to to demonstrate progress, if he's not able to demonstrate that Liverpool mm. are back player the attention, yeah, yeah, all of it. Absolutely. Well, you just you know you give if Salah and I'm just I'm pulling a name out there because I don't think this, there's no one. But if Salah and, and his agent wanted Salah to you know to get a move, their their first their first thing they say is well we're not in the Champions you know Champions League football mm-hmm. is what he wants. It's where he should be, and, and it is where he should be. Yeah, of course. You know, and and it's not it's not unromantic I think to to want to do that to, because it get, the romance then comes from being in the Champions League and from you know we're going to have a great time hopefully and beat Porto and, and see where we go from there. Um, I think. I, I really wanted the 13-14 team to win the FA Cup because it, even you know when it was caught up in everything, a small part of me was like, well, this might not happen. This The, the big thing might not happen. Yeah. But th- they deserve something. And they we got absolutely they done in that something. Arsenal game as well, didn't oh, we? I mean, we, 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 we battered them and we should have yeah. won that game. And, and you see, I, for some reason, what's the highlights of them? Um, it was just on just on the um, the Carling Cup final in 2012. And the way that like Suarez you know, is absolutely made up um, just and it, and you can be sniffy about it. I mean, but he, he was made up to win to win the League Cup. I don't even know what was it the Carling Cup then Capital One. Don't know <laughs> to win to win the League Cup um, with Liverpool in a, in a really scrappy way against against Cardiff. Uh, Glenn Johnson's penalty is amazing, by the way. Uh, and <laughs> but but it does it does. I think that did mean something, and I, I, that was something some credit in the bank with with a player like Suarez. And you know we we talk about players wanting to to win things. Well, well, there's only. There's only two things that Liverpool can can win now this season, so either one or both will be great. I'd, I'd, you almost feel like there should be more somehow. But, but on more that things. though, Stu, but that's why, for instance, you, when you get opportunities to put sides to bed, and that, that for me is the frustration, the, the losing from winning positions. I'm more than happy to say this season, titles are right off. Titles are right off for us, titles are right off for Manchester United. Manchester United are mooching along better than two points a game. Titles are right off, boys, sorry. Right off, done. You can't win it. It'd say it'd be a, it'd be a monumental collapse. It could happen, but it, you know, let's play the percentages. It won't. Yeah. It won't. And so, I'm more than happy to say to for us to sit here and say, you know, well then, let's create the buffer for other things. Let's just do that. That's the focus. Create the buffer to be able to focus on other things and be able to say because we can do that. We can beat Man City in a one-off game. I'm looking around Europe and there's not many sides that terrify me in that. You know, we could we can cock up. We now know we can cock up, and that's my other frustration. <coughs> one, we're not creating a buffer for ourselves, but two, you know. Not least because they've got a mindset anyway, but you know that even if we're two, three goals clear of Bayern Munich, of um, Paris Saint-Germain, they'll have the data, they'll have the knowledge. You can you can get at this Liverpool side, you know. That's the other thing we're doing. And we're, we're giving hope all up. We're not just giving hope in that sense, we're also giving hope we've got Swansea on New Year's Day, sorry, on Boxing Day, and you know that the Swansea, the Swansea manager, Britain, will rightly say to them, lads, if this is 1-0 with 20 to go, you might get something out of these. We're banging hope out all over the place to our opponents. We're dolloping it on everywhere when we're better than I. As I say, I'm happy to take Steve's point, but I think this is Steve's point about the Jack Pitt Brook article about how serious we are. That sides know this side, you're going to get something at some stage, whereas they're not thinking that after 1 0 down against Chelsea. Although United have completely done me pointing by conceding the 94th minute equaliser last night to a side who've only got 10 men. But you, you take me general gist. 
Yeah, um, it's a, it's a bit of a weird one actually because I think I mean, when we're talking about top top sides across Europe and in the last stages of the Champions League, hopefully that we get there, then I think I, I think people will be looking at us terrified and hopeful in equal measure um, because I, I think it really is a toss of a coin of not only what Liverpool turns up in any given match, but also what Liverpool turns up in any given five minutes within that match. Um, so, but actually, counting Susie, maybe that's not a bad thing because actually, uh, we kind of want the the uh, the top teams in Europe when they play us to have a little bit of a go at us. We don't want people who are uh, so scared of us that they just camped it within their own box and we struggle to break them down. It actually may you know it might work out more in our favour. Um, I do. I, I do feel like that the vast majority of my adult life, I've been looking at Liverpool teams, and every so often the the. A potentially very good Liverpool team that I've looked at and gone, oh, but what if we did this? What if we did that? We were so close with this. We were so close with that, and and perhaps that's just heightening my senses a little bit around um, the current situation. Maybe, maybe I'm overreacting to um, what I consider really disappointing results the other night. Um, but I'm looking at this team, and John was mentioned before about the dangers of becoming the nearly men. And losing players in the, in the summers, like I was mentioning, but it happened to Arsenal in the mid two thousands. Um, the best way to to avoid becoming the nearly men is to become the men, and actually just take the opportunities now, make the moves now. Now that that can be in the transfer market, because we've 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 been talking there a bit a little bit earlier about Liverpool having a a long term plan. Steve was saying about well, we need to be looking at the next. The next new fast young thing uh, for um, to, to enhance our forward line, but in case X, Y, and Z leaves, and I, I totally get that. John was saying, "Yeah, but you know, what if we lose uh, Salah, and then we've just lumped all our money on a goalie?" Yeah, I totally get that too. But the best way to to avoid Salah going, I'm not saying it it would avoid him, but the best way to avoid players like Salah going is actually having sorted out these problems at the back, having sorted out the goalkeeper, actually not hang about, just do it in the transfer window, make the move, take the chance, do something, because you know what will guarantee these lads leaving? It's when they're 2-3-0 up and they're turning around at the dickheads at the back and going, have you done this again? Have you cost us this again? And you can see it on their faces. You can see it on Coutinho. You can see it. Amount of times I've seen it where Liverpool have conceded and we've thrown ourselves back into a game what we should have been out of sight on and he's walking back to the halfway line shaking his head. Or I've seen Salah recently looking back and, and he, he can't believe what he can see behind and what's unfolded. There must be... I'll mean, tell you what, if I was a forward and I was in that Liverpool dressing room, I'd be going bananas. I'd be starting on everyone. But if I'm, but if I'm a defender... I'm looking at Mane and going, why didn't you score that chance? I'm looking at Salah like saying, why didn't you take two of the chances right on the, the brink of half-time that could have put this game to bed? I know, but there, he, there, there, I totally agree, there. but you he's know? probably sitting around going, yeah, but I've scored X, Y, and Z. Of course, of course. Do you know, do you and, know what I mean? And, and, and Lovren is probably going, but we've... we've and this is this fictional and, conversation. And it goes around. <laughs> we've, we've, we've had clean sheets after clean sheet. We've got one of the best records in, in you know recently of, of not conceding goals. Um, but it's but, and, and that listen that's all we draw, very well. We draw nil nil with West Brom. We, we don't score enough against Everton. That may may make it you know tic tac toe and there's no winner in, in our little role role play. But it doesn't work like that. I enjoyed and, it. Don't <laughs> I think they need to settle. It <laughs> but uh, but it doesn't work like that. Match. And ultimately <laughs> the, um, the 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 big teams in Europe who are going to be looking at Salah, who are going to be looking at Mane, who are going to be looking at Firmino, who are looking at Coutinho. 
these are the types of things that they're going to be saying in the yeah, yeah, but you know what? You'll never quite do it. You, you, you know, you might not quite do it there, but you could if you come here. Look at all the shiny things we win. And that's what we need to avoid. But you're less frustrated, just to throw this back, you are actually less frustrated with this 3-3 draw <coughs> if we have gone to up and pissed Everton if we have undone West Brom because we're sitting there then and we're saying you know what lads it's not great it's I'm not emotionally ideal. irrational at the moment no, no, I, I was completely no, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> your point is that they're walking back to that dressing room emotionally irrational I mean there is a I think Coutinho does brilliantly for the opening goal and I do want to accentuate the positive in a minute but there is part of me that if I was Andy Robertson I'd be walking back in the dressing room and going any hope second half there lads mm. any protection whatsoever <laughs> anything do you, wanna, do, you wanna, do, you wanna, do you wanna run off anyone who runs off the back of you mm-hmm. is you know this is uh, you know and I, I don't think he's happy about being moved I don't think he, he you know or I don't think it's it may not even be right to move him, but he's you know he doesn't he doesn't offer Robertson a thing going backwards second half Coutinho he just doesn't offer not him for everything. the first time as well in yeah. recent games not for the first time I, I totally I totally and that, that might be instruction point. it might be that he's told cheat give them something to think about make it hard for them make them wonder where you are make them worry about you we'll just find a way to get you on the ball but you know if you are Robertson you I mean I, I think Mane was poorer than Coutinho but Mane showed like no one's business uh, but I thought he was you know he really is 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 you know he was poor for a while Mane I don't know what to do. I think some t- decision making's gone in his mind, but you know what? Let's you know accentuate. Funny, but poor with that Spartak Moscow game in the middle. Yeah, you know, in a, in a, of a weird kind of poor either side of it run. Um, oh, he's good at West West Ham as well. I think. I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my that's my diagnosis. I think mean, <laughs> I think just one probably one game away from being fine. To accentuate the positive, John, it's a great performance from Firmino. Um, he plays really really well. Gets his goal. It's it, it's a fluke. And by the way, when we are slaughtering goalkeepers, now that I've seen that back outside, when he when he gets a hand to that in the ground, I went great save. Yeah, no, <laughs> I went great save. Everyone did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's what's brilliant is this is when when the, I'm watching it with my friend Ben and when Mignolet's doing it, he, he does. He's like he's you know you, you never see check and see the goal like that. Peter Czech goalkeeper's union goes all after well promoted. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. Well, I think there's an argument around Salah's second. To be honest with you, I think he should be doing better with that. No, frankly. it's the deflection, doesn't it? And I think that that kind of that kind of throws him. I think. I think that he's a bit. He's a bit unlucky with that one. But yeah, for me, I mean, he hits it really well as well. That that uh, one, and I think you know, if, if when you when you are a goalkeeper, sometimes you 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 know you've just got to throw your hand up and hope the best. And I think that's all he could do because of the power of the strike. But but for me, it was just great at the moment. Is and he's all action. He's He's learned how to fight much more in that number nine role in terms of make himself just a bit more of a nuisance for defenders generally all the time. And so um, I always kind of thought he he, he was a nine, uh, but I think... You know, it was a bit more of a kind of a, a false nine thing situation. Whereas now he's just he's just a nine. He's just he, that that's just where he plays. He's he's someone who you're right. I just pressed a button there in the headphones, which meant that I started to hear Radio City Two's music. <laughs> the headphones. <laughs> I got like, the soundtrack. Uh, but was, I don't think I don't think the listeners heard it, but it was like it was really weird, uh, and it completely threw me. And I thought, oh no, we play music. Go on, John. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't so talk. yeah, he's, he's just a, no, it's fine. He's just a, he's, he's he's a genuine number nine now at the moment in terms of how much he's in the game, how much he's looking for it. He'll hold the ball up for. You, more he'll he'll go up for headers and 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 be kind of a maybe not winning them all but but, but being a nuisance and, and doing enough for the defender have to have to think about it and have to kind of you know cushion one back into play so maybe one of his teammates will, will kind of get into it rather than just booming it up the pitch he's 
is is he's, he's he's just sacrificed a lot of himself for the team in a way that the the, the Torres used to as well, and people used to talk about Torres on the ball, but you know he was he was he was a battering ram for us towards the end, and it was you know he was black eyes and all sorts, and, and you're seeing that with Firmino now as well. He hasn't got the height of Torres, but he hasn't quite got the ability to run the channels. But what he has has got is 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 his touches, is is his strength, is kind of a bit more of a low sense of gravity and. Yeah, he's just giving defenders stuff to think about all the time. He must be a joy to play with as well. They must kind of, you know, love playing with him. And I think his his teammates will know that they owe a lot of their goals to Bobby Firmino at the moment. It's great. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Not much to, I mean, John John's absolutely, you know, perfect. I and mean, we talk about serious, he's a serious footballer, you know. Yeah. He's, he's a footballer who just, you can see him reading, reading and understanding and interpreting the game and, he, he he just he's he's a joy to play with and, and a joy to manage I think and he's it's kind of unremarked upon what a what a very good piece of business that was for Liverpool to have done to to get a player who was was in demand and was well known about but to to get that deal done um, and he, he seems he seems pretty happy and you know seems seems to be enjoying playing for Liverpool he, he's a real a real leader I think on the pitch he leads leads the press he leads the, the everything that's good about Liverpool Liverpool's style and everything that the manager wants. He just seems to, to really epitomise it. Um, it'll be interesting when when you know the other player, I suppose you'd put in that category as Lallana when he's back and back available, and, and we can see him perhaps them two you know working together. How how the team moves on from there. I want people yeah. to be nice about Firmino one at a time because I think he deserves it. We'll take some time out. We've slaughtered everyone. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just. I struggle for words. I, I, I mean, I've, I've said I don't know how many times before on the show how much I adore the guy. I think he's just a, a phenomenal footballer. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's one of the most intelligent centre forwards, and actually just footballers that I, that I've, uh, I've ever seen. Perhaps not in his dress sense, uh, or maybe he's just light years ahead of us all. <laughs> um, but he's. Um, He's he's the facilitator. He's the enabler. He he is the person that is making everything possible from the players around him. That that Fab Four aren't as fab without him. You know, pulling the strings um, and, and and making making all things possible. Really, um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't think there's anything much more I can add than what's already been said on him. Other than he's just he's just a marvel. Yeah, you always feel like you're sort of damning him with. Not even with faint praise, with glowing praise, you're still damning him slightly by yeah. like talking about him as a, and you're absolutely right, Stu. He is a facility. It's a bit like the old the sort of Dirk Cout thing when Dirk Cout scoring, you know, massive goals to win your games, and you're talking about how good his work rate is. Um, for me, you know, he, he's got everything. You know, he's 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 up there. In, he's on their, their level in terms of ability. The other three, but he also helps them all be better it's as well. It's, 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 it's amazing. Is is is. His ability to to enable the things that are going on around him for other players, yeah. I don't think just stems from his work rate. I actually think, I think it stems largely from he's one of these players who t- who's ten steps ahead upstairs. I think he is he is so so um, game intelligent. Um, I think he can see things that other people other people can't. I think he's onto moves before they've happened. I think he's onto potential moves while the opposition still have the ball. He can he, he can see possible breaks when the opposition defenders have got the ball and you know and that's why he's so good not just at closing down and winning it but then what he does with it in mm. that split second right there and then and what a way my favourite thing he did this season score. was the West Ham goal when he when he wins that like wins a header like a centre back and we go from there and score because yeah, and you do almost think yeah, we're never we, we, we're a bigger threat I think from an opposition corner than from a, our own goal kick 
a lot of the time. Mm, yeah. um, I'm quite often thinking, I don't, I don't really care if that's gone for it because we're actually defending corners relatively well as well, which helps. Um, we're, we're then, you know, immediately on the front foot, and it, and it is about him definitely. The, the pass that he puts through for Salah's goal, <clears throat> and he's out on the right wing, and you've got two or three players around him, and he turns and he plays that that curled pass. That's unbelievable. It was just, I mean, it was. <laughs> You know, I, I shouldn't say this, but it was it was Daglish-esque. It was something that you would, if you were watching an old video, an old VHS of Kenny Daglish's greatest, you know, yeah. moments, that kind of pass, you would it would fit right in there with it. Um, looking ahead then to Swansea, um, John, uh, bottom of the seat, bottom of the t- table, uh, coming to Anfield on Boxing Day, new manager in that there's a caretaker manager in Britain, but obviously doesn't have a ton of managerial experience. Um, they played a fair bit of football against Palace. I was listening to it on the radio. I'm not going to pretend I saw the game. But what was noticeable was they ended up with about 60, 65% of possession according to the BBC website. Oh, yeah. Yeah, played a little bit. Obviously, Palace would They're playing really, aren't they? they were exactly, so would have the Palace to let them have the ball. Yeah. But my point more is, if Britain is going to be any sort of... If Britain is going to be a manager in his own image, he's going to be... A, and, and in Swansea's image, he's, he said he doesn't want the job full-time at the minute, but he is going to want to play a little bit. It almost feels a little bit too perfect, really. You're yeah. almost suspicious of this one now, uh, and that's you know that's the that, that's the faithless football. Some all football supporters, I'm sure United will be feeling the same way about Burnley coming to Old Trafford uh, off the back of getting beaten by Spurs, saying, "Oh well, this it seems like a good time. It might not be," but it, you, you're almost suspicious of of Swansea in this instance. No, I'm not. I don't think you can be. I think we've got to accept that sometimes you play teams at, at, a, at a bad team at a bad time, and and we've had that this season. And sometimes you, you get a bit of a gift. And this has got to be seen as that you know they, as you say, the bottom of the league. They look very sorry. They can't buy a goal. <laughs> they, um, you know the, the they haven't got a manager at the moment. Yeah, so they haven't even kind of got kind of got that bounce coming in. Really, is we've got an extra days recovery. We're not quite a day, but you know a bit, a bit of time to kind of he could he could pick the exact same team if he wanted to. Um, he, he he probably won't because he would probably be looking at the game after that and and, and the little run. But if he wanted to, he could he, he could pick any kind of more or less any eleven he wants apart from Jordan Henderson. And so, it's it is it's it's as good as it gets. I'm not having it. It's as good as it gets on Boxing Day. And you know, I think I think Liverpool should absolutely steamroll them. Yeah, completely. We'll enjoy ourselves. We'll score loads of goals. I think you you're right. The, the, the big thing with Swansea as well is they haven't got unlike say Crystal Palace. They haven't got two or three goals in them. I don't think. Yeah. And apparently, John obviously, this is going to be proved entirely wrong when it beats us four-one. Yeah. Um, so, so it should. It really is a case of Liverpool. How how are you going to get two or three goals against Swansea? Because that should be more than enough. And I think Liverpool are more than capable of that within half an hour. Swansea have had two or fewer shots on target in ten of their nineteen Premier League games this season. They've got a creativity deficit. They fewer sh- shots on target at whatever stage it was a couple of games ago than any side in the history of the league had ever had and it was by a distance it was about 12 or 13 shots behind you know like Derby under so we can play we want in goal you know what I mean yeah there's an argument there's an argument for carriers for me in the game um, partly I think he, he does get us he does get us on the front foot a bit quicker anyway with his distribution and and who cares in the end? It's fine. <laughs> well, I think I think it's, I was going to ask you who you were picking goal because I think I've, you know I think if we go through the side we can probably all agree that you probably bring Alexander Arnold into right back. 
he probably does go Lovren and Carius. Robertson may well persist at left back. He may have a look at Milner. You this, mean Clavin there? Clavin. Carius. Sorry, Carius. Good lord, I mean Clavin. I'm not yeah. putting Carius centre half not yet. Right. Um, I might put Clavin in goal. Um, <laughs> he, he's gonna. Clavin he, was really good. He, he was really good. Yeah. But some both centre halves. Weird. Some of the, the match ratings and particularly the fans ratings on the on the Echo were, were pretty damning. And I think people blame the defence when things go wrong. They were absolutely. Um, yeah. So we think we're going to. He's going to be unchanged at centre half. Stu sentiment's interesting when Alden doesn't start. So you think he's an absolute uh, banker to start. Milner, I think, had a funny game at Arsenal, and that I've mostly described it as good. But um, you know, he's he's also at the scene of a couple of crimes, if you know what I mean. And that yeah. does that does have knock-on effects. You expect maybe that Milner, he'll have had it earmarked maybe for Milner, so you might have a selection between Shannon Milner. You think he's going to bring Oxlade Chamberlain in uh, because it's only fair after Bournemouth. I think Lallana will play. Do you think he might start so, Lallana? I, I, I think he's going to get significant minutes. I think he'll get significant minutes. So, I mean, what did he get off the bench um, against? Only about uh, 15, yeah, and 15. He didn't, to me he didn't look great. To me he looked like a lad who hasn't played any 14. <laughs> so, so maybe he comes on after an hour then. Um, but I think he gets significant minutes. Um, and even if even if that means he starts and just does an hour, you know that might be... It might, I, mean, I think, he, I think he looks at Burnley as potentially Lallana's first start, because that just makes sense in terms of the, the, the short time between the games, which completely I agree, probably is, it means 30 minutes for Lallana is the ideal to step up now, you know, 30, mm. and then maybe a bit more in, in the... The Leicester game and then and then look to start him against Burnley would be. We'll come on to what he'll, we'll come on to what he'll do up front in a second and what we all think he'll do. But Stewie, would you start and goal? <laughs> I, I broadly agree with 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 Steve and what he said in, in terms of who cares. It doesn't really matter, but because I, I've got no faith in either of them. But what I would say is that if Carius doesn't play in goal, then what's he doing at Liverpool? It's just just in terms of he's got to be thinking to himself, I need to get out of here because at what point? Does he get his is an opportunity for a, a a long stretch, you know, a long run, um, and if the manager still does have faith in him and has this plan of 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 phasing him in, which which the very fact that he's been playing him in the Champions League suggests that he does, then I think now's the time. And if he's wrong, he's wrong, and we all get to see it. And you know, at least then we can make a decision and move on. But it feels like until Carius gets the opportunity to to almost blow it, um, then maybe the manager is is going to be a little bit hesitant in bringing in another keeper. So I think almost just for for closure on the whole the whole thing, I would go with Carius and, and let's just see what happens. John, I don't know. I'm struggling to care because I don't think. They're going to be able to do anything. I don't know. Well, I mean, the next game after that Leicester, they might have to do something. The game after that Burnley, they might, they, they may probably will have to do something. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. at some sort of point. This and then, we're, and then we're going into Everton. You know where? Yeah. Oh, well, I, well, I, know. I just, I just think they're all crap, Neil. To be honest with you, and so you, you're asking me mm. to get excited about one of them, and I can't. I'm, I'm really, really struggling. So I don't Pick know. Pick if you want, mate. I like Gabar. <laughs> Gabar is good. Gabar is talented, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like a look at Danny Ward, but that just seems really, really unlikely. So, you know, might as well be saying, like, a keeper who doesn't play for us. You know what I mean? So, it's like, uh, whatever, just just throw one of them in and try okay. and tell him not to be an idiot. What are you doing up front? Um, I'll see them lads I like. Um, I think I've got my eye on Solanke for Burnley. Um, so, I've got my eye on Solanke for that. So, I think I'm trying to get two games out of Firmino. Um, I'm probably looking at starting Marnie this one and resting Marnie for Leicester 
and then, and then putting him back in for Burnley. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to work this out in my head. So yeah, excuse yeah, it's, me. it's hard. Um, Salah probably can't do all three, so maybe maybe Salah misses out this one. Um, maybe maybe Salah Salah's on the bench for this one, um, and Chamberlain comes in. So. Yeah, so I've got Firmino, Mane, Coutinho, Coutinho, and Chamberlain. I'm going for, and then and then Wijnaldum and Chant. That sounds alright, doesn't it? Sounds alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get on your own yeah. back. And then, uh, and then, and then, yeah, then you yeah, you've you've got Mo on the bench, um, and then and then probably yeah, maybe kind of yeah, someone to miss. Coutinho will have to miss one at some points as well, but I'll I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Jim, I I agree with John. Actually, I think. Um, I think it's time to give Mo a rest, unfortunately. But I think, you know, just for, for the long term good, I think he needs to. So, yeah, this is probably the game to do it. Steve? It's tough because I'm not, I'm not massively keen on watching Solanke knocking around up front against Burnley. I, but it feels like at some point I'm going to have to watch Solanke play one of these three games. And he's a, he's a player with a lot of talent, but I, I, it, it's a different team when, when he's in there. Um, I'm just thinking we can probably win Burnley off the bench. I'm thinking whoever you pick is probably a bit mad for 30. I think I think quietly Leicester's probably. That's what the, I think Leicester may be the hardest game. We've seen Puel set up at Anfield with Southampton and, and frustrate the life out of. Well, they kept four clean sheets against yeah, us last season. Absolutely, and he's doing it pro- arguably with some better players now as well. And and, and the, the the opportunity not just to get a nil nil, but maybe just to sneak to sneak a one nil. So. I'm going quite big on Leicester, if only because I think it helps you in, with Burnley anyway. If you've got a bit of momentum, it helps you, you to rotate. The next two, then you can take a point. You, yeah, you can you can take a point at Burnley, and uh, you know you, you sort of take a little gamble on Burnley running. Th- their race might be run a little bit. Um, I think they've you know they've had a great season and they're, they're going to finish very very handily. But you you have to hope that Burnley that the, the, the gravity just pulls them down a little bit. And just the Leicester side a little bit more on the up, so they decide that you. I just yeah, and and at Anfield as well. You just you just want to get get that win there. So I'm, I'm tempted to try and go as strong as I can for the the first two, and sort of see where we are for Burnley. I almost feel like it doesn't matter what you do for Burnley, in that Burnley are going to turn it into a game against Burnley. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be a game against Burnley. So you're going to have eleven better players than their players, mm. but they're going to be doing all the Burnley things and turning it into these horrible pitched individual battles all over the pitch yeah. that you've got to try to get something out of. So I almost feel I, if it was me, I'd almost have the attitude of right. <laughs> Almost pick like a real an eleven just to scrap against Burnley and then do what John's saying, which is have three lads lined up to do a big half an hour. I think you you know you're looking. We, we talked about Lallana. We're not quite sure how ready Lallana is going to be. It may be that it's middle of January that he's actually ready to start. We just don't know. We don't. I'm not entirely sure where storage is in terms of his fitness. I think it's just not well the same, isn't it? Yeah. So then, well, if that you know if that resolves itself, then you've got storage as an option in in at least one of them games. You could start Leicester. Yeah. You know, you could you could you could see that happening from nowhere really. So it's there's there's a few sort of imponderables in there. So Swansea, Firmino, I'd be tempted to go all four. I'd be tempted to go all four there and then look at Leicester, one of them coming out, but I think Oxley Chamberlain deserves his game, so are you looking at him in a kind of sort of midfieldy kind of role? Uh, potentially him for Coutinho, I think is the one that I'd, I might look at and then you keep Coutinho for the next two. Okay. When you have to break teams down a bit more. Okay, thank you very much to Steve, to Stu, and to John. It's been the Anfield app this week. However, there's a little addendum, which is we're going to chat away to Gito Cluellen in a second, so if you just hang on, uh, there'll be like no gap, and it'll be me talking again, and then it'll be Gito talking. Indeed, joined now by Gito Cluellen. We've worked hard on this, Gito. They won't even know the graph that's gone into it here uh, at the Anfield app to get you on air, but we've done it. We've pulled it out of the bag. And I'm, 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 I'm 
for the first time in a while, really, I'm quite taken with the romance of a football situation in that I really want Leon Britton to succeed as Swansea manager. I'm sure that you obviously do, but I'm sure that Swansea supporters do as well, as much for, for who he is and what he's done for the club and for, for how long he does. And for the fact that he, he represents the values that have sort of disappeared a little bit from the success that Swansea have had. I obviously want Liverpool to win uh, on Boxing Day and to win well. But there is, as I say, there is part that I want to see Britain do well. But simultaneously, though, he is saying he doesn't want to keep the job, isn't he? Yeah, um, he's well, you know every, almost every single caretaker says that, don't they? They they all come in and say, "Oh, they're not interested in the job. They they're looking forward to getting back to their old duties." I'm sure if the job was offered to Leon, he 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 would be very very tempted to take it. And and like you said, um, you know he is he is just the ultimate club legend at Swansea. He is more than anybody else the the club hero. He he was a key player when uh, in keeping us up. When we were right down battling for survival at the bottom of League Two, uh, he's been there for every single promotion to the leagues on on our rise the Premier League, and he's been a, a key player throughout our time in the Premier League. Uh, and, and like you said, he just sums up everything which was and, and still is good about Swansea City. And, and uh, yesterday we saw him um, you know, on the touchline against Crystal Palace, and you could feel it around the stadium. The fans desperately wanted. Uh, a decent performance and results just just for him really yeah i mean it's it is his relationship with the club is is, is so, so so all encompassing really and that is you know it, it gets lost in the, in the wash that sort of thing like we often sort of presume that club icons are you know they're either they're either battling centre backs or or you know glorious strikers we very rarely give them the credit for midfielders who just keep it ticking over but then a lot of what what Swansea have done well in the last ten seasons has been based around a midfield that's very effective at just keeping the ball ticking over and staying alive and winning its battles. Yeah, uh, that that that's what he's um, that's what he's been doing now for about ten years. Interestingly, when he first joined us from West Ham and, and, and fans actually. Um, there, were, there were bucket collections around the stadium um, to try and get uh, pay for his transfer fee, which uh, t- again explains the, the close relationship between fans and Leon Britton. Um, but when he first came to Swansea, he was actually a, a, a sort of dribbling right winger, and then uh, it was Roberto Martinez who, who transformed him into this um, this technically gifted um, passing central midfielder who just kept, like I said, kept things ticking over, protected the midfield, and just. Did all the all the dirty work really to allow um, the other players to to, to get get on with um, with with the more glamorous side of the game? But you know, fans love that kind of player who um, not not only you know passes it brilliantly and 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 is a very good footballer, but also you know puts in the tackles, puts in the hard work, and and can always be seen putting in a hundred percent and. and uh, sadly, over this season, we haven't had enough of that kind of attitude at the club. And the hope is that uh, in, in the short time that um, Leon Britton is likely to be in charge of the club, that he can get the players who are here now to, to to play with that same kind of attitude. And now this is the <clears throat> this isn't the key moment for him or for Swansea. I think that you know at the start of a season, at the start of a campaign. Whilst Swansea got three points at Anfield last season, I don't think the expectation is we'll go to Anfield and get three points. But I think that the expectation is to to put a certain level of performance in, a certain pride in performance in. Uh, are Liverpool going to get a different Swansea than the one they would have got three games ago, for instance, on Boxing Day? I'm hoping. Um, it's it's not going to be radically transformed. A lot of the problems that we had before are still there. The the lack of quality, the lack of creativity. 
Um, you know, and, and we saw against Crystal Palace um, yesterday that even though the effort was was better and they, they were they were certainly better keeping the ball than they have been, you know, we didn't create too many chances. We we relied on um, a real moment of magic from um, from Jordan Ayew, <coughs> which don't come along very often. I can tell you um, to, to get a point out of that uh, that match against Crystal Palace. So. You know, we we understand going to somewhere like Anfield, it's going to be very, very difficult for for this side. But hopefully, um, what we can do is just make things a little bit more difficult for for Liverpool. Put in the put in the yards, chase every single ball, and 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 tr- just put in the effort levels and the energy that um, we haven't really had for much of the season. Uh, you mentioned the lack of creativity. I said on our show, but earlier on, I said that I pointed out that you've had fewer two or fewer shots on target in ten of your last nineteen Premier League games, the lowest in the country. By some distance, is the, you know, that remains the core problem, isn't it? You can't magic creativity into footballers either. Yes, you can build a shape that can improve them and make them a little bit different, but you cannot magically make your footballers be better at creating uh, if, if if they're not quite at that level. No, I think I think what we're talking about here is um, you know that natural instinct which occurs in players, that the kind of awareness which which gets a player putting in a good ball, a good pass at the right time to the right area. And that's what we haven't really got uh, at the club at the moment. We haven't got those players who can just pick a pass, who can just instinctively spot a run, um, spot that little bit of space to exploit. You know, we, we haven't got that player at the club. Um, that would have been Gilfie Sigurdsson last season. He's now obviously at Everton and we haven't replaced him. Um, and, and that's why we bought him in the league. It, it's It's purely down to that. We just do not have players who can who can provide um, our strikers with chances. And, and, and in fairness, you know, Tammy Abraham and, and Wilfred Boney, they've both been um, pretty decent this season on the whole. It's just that they haven't had the chances necessary for them to get to get the goals. Um, and if we can in January find one or two players to just give us that little spark um, going forward, that little bit of creativity. Um, I, I do think we, can, we we will have a decent chance of staying up, but until that happens, every single match is going to be difficult for us. Then at Anfield, uh, Mawson's being linked away, uh, but I, I, I mean I believe that one when I see it a little bit really. Um, but at Anfield, are you expecting anything noticeably different in terms of team selection? Are you expecting Messer to keep his place at the base of that midfield, maybe Key to come in. Uh, is there is there anything that you, will will it lead, will his goal off the bench lead to why you get a start or will he instead think you know what I'll I'll, I'll have this idea that this lad can come on as a sub? Um, I, it's it's hard to say at this time of year, isn't it? Because matches come thick and fast. You know, you, 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 the, um, the the medical team is going to be telling managers different things about which player is capable of playing two games in three days and which, which players aren't. Um, Kyle Norton and Rocky Mesa went off with. Well, looks to be minor injuries uh, against Crystal Palace, but uh, you know, at this time of season, there's there's no point in risking uh, a player who may, you know, have a, a tight muscle um, mm. in, in a match at Anfield. Keep keep him, uh, keep keep somebody like Rocky Mason or Cal Norton for a more important game, a more winnable game against Watford, perhaps. So, I, I, I yeah, I think every single club in the Premier League is likely to be making uh, a few changes over uh, from from one match to the other over the coming weeks. Um, but I hope that um, Leon Britton can can keep most of the team which played against Crystal Palace together because it was one of our better performances of the season. Okay, uh, got a prediction for me? Uh, I think Liverpool will get a rare clean sheet uh, and it'll be 
I'll go 2-0. No, 3-0. I'll go 3-0. No. These clean sheets aren't that reggae, so, you know, this is this is one of our great frustrations. When we do tend to concede, <laughs> we tend to concede 2 or 3. Uh, that's right. our wider issue. We're very, very good. You know, we, there was a lot of clean sheets knocking around for a while there. Uh, but, you know, five minutes changes everything. <laughs> uh, so you're going to go 2 or 3 no Liverpool? Yeah, I think so. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you very much to Gito as ever, and thanks again to John Stew and, um, oh, Steve, I've forgotten him, uh, who came in to enjoy uh, Christmas Eve with me. I hope you're enjoying your Christmas Eve as well. The games do indeed come thick and fast, so have a great Christmas day. Relax, get yourself settled down. The Reds play half-five on the telly against Swansea. I think it's going to be a better game than people might expect. Sports Social Podcast Network.